This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to this 20th episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And tonight we are bringing you Chillingham Castle. (laughs) (laughs) It does have kind of a fitting name for the the way the entire country feels right now. Of course, I don't think people want to listen to us complain about our 39 degrees down here when some people in this country are 35 below. So for those of you who are listening to the show in archives, there's a timestamp for you. This is January of 2015, back when there was a huge cold Arctic freeze going across the country. Actually, you know, we'd wondered if Chillingham Castle was named for a family. It's actually named for the village in which it's located. I know it's just so funny that it's haunted location and its name is Chillingham. I cracked up when I thought it was kind of a joke or that they'd renamed it when I first heard the name when our listener um, suggested it to us. And the other thing that strikes me as a little peculiar, I guess, is the fact that we had never heard of it because it actually pops up on some of the most haunted sites in Europe lists quite a bit. Oh, really? That is that is bizarre, especially since almost everything we look at is reported to be one of the, the most, most haunted. haunted. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight's castle, we've got it all for you folks. We have dungeons and we have torture chambers. And of course, we have ghosts, lots and lots of ghosts. So we hope you enjoyed this evening's show. Before we get into that, we, of course, do want to direct you over to our website, historygoesbump.com. That has everything you could possibly want to know about the show, from our blog to our emporium, the archives of past shows. Our most recent shows are up on the homepage. Uh, We have an events page there, a contact page. Also, you can find out the different places to find us on social media, where you can listen to the podcast, subscribe to the newsletter, and donate to the show. And, of course, for those of you who were around for the last show, we made an announcement about a contest that we are running through January. This is through January 31st of 2015. If you want your chance to win some History Goes Bump swag, which is either a t-shirt or a mug, you need to either sign up for the newsletter or join the Spooktacular Crew group page over at Facebook. You need to do one of those two things. You can do both, but there's only one entry per person. And then at the end of the month, on February 1st, actually, We'll go ahead and let our little furry producer grab the names out of the hat. So, you know, if you rub a little bacon on your name, you might have a better chance of winning. And then uh, we'll get in contact with whoever the winner is. See if you want a t-shirt, do you want a mug, size, color, all that good stuff. So make sure you do that for us. And, and speaking of the Spooktacular Crew group page, we do want to welcome Thomas Barnett, the fabulous cartoonist who did our logos, finally joined us over at the Spooktacular Crew group page. And... Hmm. 
carbon lilies. And I don't know if this person would want me to reveal this. You know, I'm a little detective, Denise. So I know the origins of that name. But what I found really cool about that is when you think of carbon lilies, one of our favorite things to do, and we've told the audience this before, is to go cemetery trekking, right? Yes. Well, when I think of carbon lilies, because lilies are kind of a funeral flower, you think of lilies in a cemetery and that kind of thing, put them on a gravesite. Carbon lilies just sounds like a flower that you would have in a graveyard or at a funeral. I can tell you that's not where the origin comes from. So I thought that was kind of cool. And we invite the rest of you to come over and hang out with us as well. If you uh, have joined us over there, you've probably noticed we've been doing a lot more of our posting on the Spooktacular crew page rather than on the fan page, because frankly... Facebook charges for people to see most of the stuff there, and we're not going to give them a whole bunch of money just so that people who've liked our page will see the stuff that we're putting out there. It seems kind of stupid. If people like the page, they probably want to see what we're talking about. So I'm not going to give Facebook all that money. So join us over well, there. That's I've where heard they're broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're doing most of our posting. And it also gives you guys the opportunity to post stuff too. So. Yes. And just a reminder, we always love feedback. We like to know how we're doing. And it just always feels good to know that what people are liking and maybe, you know, what they would like to see changed or what they would like to see added. So please don't forget to leave feedback for us if you have the opportunity. And you can simply do that at historygoesbump at gmail.com. And of course, not only for feedback of what you would like to hear and what you like or don't like, we would always love reviews. And you can do those at either Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you. Or what we say in my neck of the woods, mahalo. like to support the show please visit our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash history goes bump or perhaps you just want to make a one-time donation click the donate button on our website at historygoesbump.com A whole show could be dedicated to this moment in oddity about Coral Castle, except that it is not haunted. How it was built by one man is a mystery and an oddity. Over the course of 28 years, from 1923 to 1951, a little man from Latvia named Edward Lieskalnin carved and moved 1,100 tons of coral rock to build Coral Castle that can be seen in Homestead, Florida, to this day. A sign carved in stone by Ed sits atop the entrance reading, quote, you will see unusual accomplishment, end quote. Not only are there many unusual elements that make up the castle, but there are amazing carvings in the stone sculpture garden. There is a nine-ton gate that opens with the touch of a finger, functioning rocking chairs made of stone, a Polaris telescope, outdoor bathtub, stone beds and pillows, and a fountain shaped like the moon. All of these weigh several tons. As a matter of fact, when the nine-ton gate needed repairs in 1986, it took six men and a 50-ton crane to move it. How did this man put these stones in position? Even more amazing is that initially Ed had built the castle in Florida City, but then moved it to its current location using a tractor and a truck. He did all of his work at night and in secret. People claimed that they spied on Ed and saw him levitating the stones. 
One hypothesis claims that Ed used some kind of anti-gravity or magnetism to move the stones, and apparently the site in Homestead is the perfect place for manipulation of gravity based on harmonics. Still, other reasoned minds believe he used a system of pulleys and levers to move the stones. As for what Ed claimed, he always said he learned the secrets of the pyramids. However Ed managed to create his magnificent castle, there is no doubt that it certainly is odd. This history podcast is haunted. This day in history. This day, January 8th, 2015, marks the 200th anniversary of the Battle of New Orleans, which is the most famous battle in Louisiana history. It was on this day in 1815 that General Jackson led his troops to victory against the British as they tried to capture New Orleans. This battle was the final battle of the war. Two weeks before this, the British had set their sights on New Orleans. They decided to attack by the ground instead of the water and were initially successful taking the Valeri Plantation. General Jackson hit them from the water and along the banks of the river and the British held, so Jackson pulled his men back. After both sides regrouped for two weeks, the final battle ensued. General Jackson had positioned 4,000 men and cannons very well, and when the British attacked, they had little success. Jackson had also placed a reserve group right where the British launched their attack. The Americans had used their break to fashion a well-prepared defense, and the British were devastated. General Pakenham, who was leading the British, was killed, and the battle ended. 251 British soldiers had been killed, including three generals and eight colonels. 1,259 British were wounded, and 484 were missing. The Americans fared far better with only 11 killed and 23 wounded. The tragedy of this battle is that a peace treaty ending the war had been signed before the battle, but nobody in New Orleans knew that news. You're listening to History Goes Bump. Chillingham Castle is a castle that was built in the 12th century and resides in Northumberland, England, in a village named Chillingham, from which it takes its name. It was initially built as a monastery, and then it was used as a stronghold, mostly for defense rather than offense, through the many centuries of fighting between England and Scotland. The castle sits near the border between Scotland and England, and so it was often under attack. Much of the castle, as it is seen today, is the way it was originally built with a few additions. It is reportedly one of the most haunted locations in Europe. The haunting energy is not only a result of war, but of the horrific way in which men were imprisoned and killed within the walls of the castle. In our podcast on Edinburgh Castle, the name William Wallace came up since he was a hero for Scotland and a statue in his honor resides at Edinburgh Castle. William Wallace comes up again with Chillingham Castle as this castle was used during the 1298 attack on William Wallace by King Edward I, Edward Longshanks. Wallace had attacked the previous year and burned the women and children to death in the nearby abbey and made a belt for himself out of the skin of a local general. I don't recall that being in the movie Braveheart, do you? No, because that was Mel Gibson's role, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I think Mel Gibson might have whitewashed William Wallace just a tad. Just a bit, because you're like, oh, yes, look at him, look at him. If I would have known he was wearing a real skin belt of human skin, I would have been like, okay, wacko. And, you know, they say the reason why he kind of went off the deep end is because they'd killed his love. But anybody who takes women and children and burns them to death in a church, 
I got to kind of question some of your motives there, but yeah, I agree. In 1344, Chillingham Castle became a fully fortified castle with battlements under Sir Thomas Gray. Beginning in the 15th century, Chillingham Castle became the seat of the Bennett and Gray families. By the 17th century, peace had come and the castle was not needed any longer for defense. So the moat was filled in and new features were added to the castle that included a banquet hall and a library. During World War II, the castle was used as a barracks. Sir Humphrey Wakefield now owns the castle with his wife, the Honorable Lady Wakefield, and this is a castle that is part of her family. His family has lived in this area for over 400 years, which is not nearly as long as the Greys who had been here for 800 years. As mentioned earlier, the castle has remained mainly the same, but there have been a few additions through the years. The castle is a complex of many rooms and buildings. There is the armory where weapons were stored, and many are on display there to this day. There is the Edward I room, which was named for the king who first stayed here as he plotted revenge against William Wallace, and it is the most ancient room in the castle. It was used as a hideout for other royal families as well, and secret documents were found in a compartment near the window relating to the Spanish Armada. Family heraldic hangings were found in the room named for King James I, who had stayed here and received guests in this room. The plaque room was once a bedroom for the king and now hosts pictures of the many guests to the castle and has a 16th century plaster work armorial plaque that is dedicated to the Gray family. The new dining room was once a chamber for the king as well and now features two white lion statues and massive guns on the walls. The Great Hall was built for King James VI of Scotland and contains part of the original gigantic chimney and has stone flagged flooring and tapestries. Weapons and trophies decorate this room as well as the heads of some of the ancient wild cattle that still live in Chillingham as the only wild cattle in all of the world. The medieval courtyard was the scene of many executions there's a museum and a chapel that was once the library. So if you want to go to the show notes on the website, you can see some pictures of the things described. Three of the more interesting areas of Chillingham Castle are the still room, the dungeon, and the torture chamber. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly... We have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R.com. The still room was once a main entrance to the castle and contains relics from bygone eras, including the big pot used to feed the garrison and kettles that were filled with hot oil to dump over the walls of the castle on enemies trying to climb the walls. 
The still room is apparently host to a witch who curses anyone stealing from the castle. People ignore the warnings and take things only to find out that the curse is true, and they write letters of apology that can be found in the room. Very similar to Robert the Doll down in Key West, Florida, who curses people for taking his picture without permission. That was one of our oddities in a previous show. The dungeon was not only a prison, but a hiding place as well. It is a small room with scratch marks on the walls as prisoners counted off the days until their executions. There is an oubliette in this dungeon. An oubliette is a dungeon that has a very small circular opening and is basically a pit. Prisoners at Chillingham were thrown down into this pit, which was a 20-foot drop, and many suffered broken bones due to the fall. Some of those broken bones were the result of the torture a prisoner endured before being thrown down into the pit. They were left there to die, and some resorted to eating the bodies of the dead already down there in an attempt to prolong their lives. The torture chamber is a regular feature of most castles. Chillingham's contained, and still contains to this day, executioner blocks, an iron maiden, and a scold's bridle, all in working order. There were eye gougers, boiling pots, and a cage device that was tied to a prisoner's stomach and contained a hungry rat who would eat his way out of the cage. The floor is sloped so that blood could run down and drain away to one side. This chamber began use during the time of Edward Longshanks, under his castle torturer, John Sage, who had been a loyal lieutenant in King Edward's army. Sage was brutal and enjoyed taking out his hatred of the Scots on Scottish prisoners. Towards the end of the war, Sage took the prisoners out into the courtyard and burned them alive in a bonfire. Guess they had to get rid of them fast. It's funny. We talk about the atrocities done today, and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how can you do that? Waterboarding, you're just horrible. And you read about oh. like everything they did here, and you're just like, oh my gosh. That's why I think any student of history, when they listen to the politics going back and forth about the whole issue of torture, just scoff at people who are with such outcry over things like waterboarding. And, and while we want to be humane, their definition of torture and mine are something quite different. People who are being waterboarded have no idea what torture is compared to what these people endured. And definitely the definition of, of John Sage is probably very different than what we think torture is now, since he enjoyed doing all of these things. Yeah. He's going to get his own in a minute, though. Oh, good. <laughs> Read on. So he took all of the older prisoners. He's burned them out in the courtyard in a bonfire. The small children, he didn't do that, too. So you're thinking, oh, well, maybe he's going to be a little bit more humane to them. I guess not burning alive is more humane. But they were taken to the King Edward room where they were hacked to death with an axe. Sage himself was eventually hung by Longshanks after Sage murdered his girlfriend, who belonged to a powerful tribe that threatened to join the Scots against King Edward if he did not execute Sage. While Sage hung dying, people cut souvenirs from his body like toes and fingers and, well, other dangling objects, if you catch my meaning. That was the inspiration of Miss Bobbitt. <laughs> Lorena Bobbitt, she was not the first. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think she kept hers as a souvenir, though. No, she threw it out a window, if I recall, <laughs> so he could find it. Anyway, such emotionally charged events as imprisonment, war, torture, and death lead to the possibility of supernatural and unexplainable events, and Chillingham Castle reports hundreds of occurrences throughout the centuries. Beneath the floor of the chapel, human remains were found. Cameras refuse to work in this room, and batteries are quickly drained. Cold spots are felt as well, although it should be pointed out that the ghostwriter 
Lady Tankerville, who lived here in the 1920s and wrote of her experiences, was never able to find spirits in the chapel. The Blue Boy is the most well-known spirit in the castle. He is usually seen in the pink room. (laughs) The Blue Boy is in the pink room. Because he's our kind of boy. (laughs) Well... The reason why he's a spirit is not really funny, so maybe we shouldn't joke about the fact that you've got the blue boy in the pink room and pink is supposedly supposed to be for girls. Although I know plenty of guys who have pink polos and things. Yeah, they look good. That was very preppy back when I was in high school. I personally hate pink, so. Uh Uh-uh, pink's good. Listen, you. So anyway, he's usually seen in the pink room, which is part of the Wakefield's private residence. So you're not going to get to see that if you go on a tour of Chillingham Castle. He's usually wearing blue, hence why he is called the Blue Boy. The legend of the Blue Boy goes something like this. The clock chimed midnight and a child's cries were heard at the same time that a blue light began to emanate from the wall and the light approached the bed. The witness who saw this sight then saw that there was a young boy in the middle of the light wearing clothes from the time of King Charles. Charles II. He disappeared, but then many years later, during the 1920s, restoration work was being done on the room where the blue boy had been seen. Inside one of the walls, the bones of a young child were found along with scraps of blue material. The bones were given a Christian burial, but flashes of blue are sometimes still seen in the castle. And for people who are wondering... Why in the world was there the bones of this young child in the wall? There is basically just one running theory. As we mentioned earlier, there were some documents that were found in the wall that pertain to the Spanish Armada. And this actually was very near to where they found the blue boy. So they are thinking that perhaps he was a courier and he was bringing these documents and he was perhaps caught. And so they hold him up in the wall along with the documents. And apparently there were scratch marks on the inside as if he tried to scratch his oh, way out God too. Bless so. his heart. This is just triggering something. I mean, going totally off of Chillingham Castle, but wasn't there a chamber somewhere, kind of the same kind of story in Colorado at one of the haunted places you went to where a child they think had been buried with like the wall kind of thing too? Yes, this would be the Croke Patterson Mansion, which we'll get to talking about someday, I'm sure. But I don't know if people don't know exactly what happened there. If the baby died, it was stillborn or just happened to die of illness or something. And they buried it down in the basement in this room and they basically bricked it in or... If that's how they killed it, by bricking it in, a la Casca Amatiado. I'm not exactly okay. sure what happened there, but they did find the bones of a baby down in this um, kind of a little small cellar type room. Very, very small. You, you actually had to bend down to stick your head in it. And that was my, that one time when I felt something, I stuck my head in there and immediately the hair on the back of my neck stuck up and it was really cold in there. And I was like, okay, I'm out of this house. So it wasn't that actual room that you had that It experience. was in where they found the babies, where I stuck my head in there to look around. And next thing my mom knows, I was sitting out in the car. <laughs> she was like, what happened? Okay. <laughs> I yes. said, I'm not going back in there. Thanks. Okay. And we'll visit that on another podcast. Yeah. But I knew there was a similar... Like, well, you know, like stories deja, deja of people vu. being bricked in. This is not... This is not unusual. As a matter of fact, um, I believe it's... God, what's her name? Lady Bathory or whatever. The one who used to kill all the girls and bathe in their blood to try to stay young. I believe she was bricked in too. And I think that's how she ended up dying as well. So we're going to touch on that definitely in the future, because the thing that's really cool about that story, or I don't know if you call it cool, but a lot of people believe the legend that's out there about Bathory. But I have read some material that's more recent 
that seems to negate that she was as evil and horrible as they make her out to be, that hmm. possibly it was a political ploy against her. Oh, well, I could totally see that happening. Lord Grey of Wark once lived in Chillingham Castle with his wife, Lady Mary Berkeley. He decided that he was no longer in love with Mary, but rather her sister, and left Lady Mary and their child and ran off with the sister. Lady Mary died heartbroken and is said to still roam the halls of the castle looking for her unfaithful husband. The swishing of a dress is sometimes heard. There is a ghost who hides among the paintings. This ghost has been seen on several occasions stepping out of a painting. The Tankerville's children were the first to see the spirit along with their nurse. The ghost followed them around for several minutes. In present times, this spirit is sometimes seen as a full-body apparition in period clothing, and people mistake her for a guide. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if that's where they got some of the inspiration for the Harry Potter stuff at Hogwarts. When you start going through this stuff, I have no, no. doubt. There were yeah. some other stories that I read and I went, you know what? Uh, J.K. Rowling has a great imagination and she wrote some great stories there, but it's not just original stuff that she came up with off the top of her head. Well, and it's kind of cool to find out it's not all fantasy stuff that she came up mm -hmm. with either, because these are real sightings. This is a real ghost story, not sure. not a made up ghost story. So it's like she's taken kind of like that faction thing that you like to do, but with ghost and ghost and fantasy and sure. magic. John Sage has never left the building. He is spotted on occasion, and sometimes he is heard with his boots banging around the ground, and something being dragged can be heard. The dungeon's oubliette is said to hold the spirit of a little girl. People sometimes see her down in the pit when they glance down there. The Edward room where all the children were slaughtered is quite active, with the chandelier swinging from side to side on its own, and the room carried a foul smell at times. Disembodied voices are heard in the library. And the interesting thing about that Dungeons Oubliette is when I was reading a lot of the stuff. See, my problem is a lot of people just copy and paste stuff from other sites and they don't actually do any of their own research or dig deeper to find out about stuff. Like I didn't know what an Oubliette was, so I looked it up and researched that. Well, all of the stories that I saw about this said when people looked down, they'd see the bones of a child down there, which belonged to this little girl, and then they would sometimes see her spirit. And I thought that can't be possible that they left the bones there in the ground like that. So I don't think when you look down in that pit, you're, you're going to see these bones of this little girl. And so these people who are writing this, I'm like, have you been there? And have you looked down in the pit? And are the bones there? Because it just doesn't make any sense to me that people would just leave a little girl's bones down there like that. Well, I would think they'd give it a Christian burial. Right. Like they did with the other mm -hmm. bones of the mm -hmm. child, the little courier that they found. Yeah. And the other thing is that that might be part, it's turned almost into almost urban legend. Yes, exactly. So there may have never even been a child down there. And I, speaking of which, it just makes you think if somebody could throw a child down into that pit, who, what kind of person, but oh, definitely, all the things they did. Definitely that guy, he was yeah. psycho, the John, John Sage. Sage. Oh, he's like one of the worst boogeymen you could, uh, you could know. He's, uh, anybody who could torture somebody else and get pleasure from that, it takes a certain twisted, I don't even know what. You, basically, these were serial killers in their day. Yeah, well, that's And they what were they sanctioned did, yeah. by the government. Sanctioned serials. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. yeah. A lake on the property became the mass burial ground for the thousands of Scots killed by the English. The bodies were loaded onto carts and then dumped in the lake. Rumor has it that the lake is cursed and that if you put your hand in the water, you'll be pulled into the water. Hmm. Also reminds me of a book about a little boy at a certain school. <laughs> that actually reminds me of Lord of the Rings, too. 
Oh, yes. There's a scene there where people are in the water and grabbing at them and in that bog or whatever. Very true. So, is this area cursed? Do the undead walk among the living at Chillingham Castle? That is for you to decide. And hopefully someday we'll get over there and check out that castle. And if you are over in that area, Chillingham Castle does host ghost tours. Yay! Let's hear it for ghost tours. <laughs> so we do have a link in the show notes. If you want to check out the ghost tours that they have there, you'll be able to do that. Along with that tour, we did mention that there are wild cattle that are on the property there and that are in the village of Chillingham, and they are the only wild cattle in all of the world. And you can actually go see them on part of the tour as well. Yeah, I definitely have now put that on my wish list as well. So we have a big trip coming up to that whole neck of the world. And we are still planning our ghost tour here in Kissimmee, but uh, we still haven't heard back from the ghost tour company. So... Uh, a lot of these ghost tour companies are really helping me to make the decision to do our own. That would be fun. <laughs> because trying to get these people to get back to us or do things that are convenient for us or anything of that nature. I don't know. It's amazing. I'm like, don't you people want to make some money? Yeah. I'll try again calling on a weekend since they run them on the weekends. Maybe that was the problem and they just put the message somewhere. So I'll try again on the weekend. So right now we're saying we're going to do it Saturday, the 24th. And I know that they normally during the rest of the year run them at 8 p.m. This one might be earlier. So just figure the evening sometime past 6 p.m. on the 24th of January, that Saturday, we will be doing the ghost tour in Kissimmee. Yes, and, and, and if that falls through and you still want to get together, we'll go do something else. We'll find something to do that evening. We'll find ghosts somewhere. Yeah, so we're, we'll, we're going to get together that evening. Whatever we do depends on what we can find, but we'll do something. Absolutely, and, and even don't just slot the time for the ghost tour because we'd love anybody who wants to, to join us for dessert afterwards so we can kind of talk about the experiences, what was our favorite thing. And all of that. Yes. We want to thank you for joining us for the show this evening. I have been your host, Diane. And this is Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. Have a spooky experience that occurred at an historic location? Want to give us feedback or have a suggestion for the show? Share it with us at historygoesbump at gmail.com.